Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Monday, January the 4th, 2021, first episode of the new year. My name is Chris and I'm joined by my brother Daniel. Yes, I am here too. Welcome everyone, it's the new year and it's the new episode of the podcast. Welcome guys. Yeah, uh, it is our first podcast of the new year. That's right. Uh, it is going to be our last podcast for the Reader Copy Podcast on Mondays. Okay, okay. You scared me there. Is this news to me? <laughs> uh, I'll just say it off the top. If you missed last week, yeah. we announced that we're moving the show to Wednesdays. And trust me, guys, it's good news. It's because we're adding on an extra show to our feed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be called the Reader Copy Recap. Reader Copy Recap, new show, no cost to you, no effort to you. You don't even have to resubscribe or search for it. It's just going to be in the feed. Right. Buy one, get two free. Yeah, and then uh, and then if you want to leave a review or whatever, yeah, that's up that's up to you. It's guys. up to you. Yeah, it's on the same feed, but uh, we're gonna be uh, talking through some TV shows. We're mainly focusing on right now the Marvel limited series on Disney Plus. Yeah, and then when more comic book shows come out that we want to talk about, maybe Snyder Cut. Maybe the Peacekeeper show on HBO Max. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. There's uh, there's some shows coming out that we'll we'll discuss uh, every week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, First up, we're going to do WandaVision. So um, next week, our... uh, our WandaVision episode will be on Monday, mm-hmm. episode zero for the show. Yeah. The show hasn't been released yet. We're going to have episode ready. Yes. And then this show will be on, on uh, Wednesday. The regular Reader Copy Podcast show is now going to be on Wednesdays after today. Yeah, that's correct. All right. Um, do you want to explain how the Reader Copy show works? Yeah, this one. First, we will come through the comic book news, talk, talk that through. And then in the middle, we'll talk about a comic book. And this week, we're going to be doing Next Wave. That's a Marvel comic, um, something I just found recently. And then we'll finish up with our side stories where we talk through uh, what we've been doing this week, whatever we've been doing to keep ourselves entertained. All right, let's get into the news. Warner Brothers Media, yep, who is like in collaboration with like HBO, right? Mm-hmm. They said that they are going to start doing more DC movies. Right, right. Of course. Yeah. So, of course, more movies means more characters, right? More characters. Why not? Why not explore all of the uh, gambits of wonderful DC characters we have in our in our roster? Because they don't make money. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one character that is a guaranteed money maker. So, let's just keep making movies of that guy. Yeah. Batman. And we know Matt Reeves' Batman's coming out. Yes, that's right. But why Why just have one Batman? I mean, there's so many Batmans you've had already, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's just have another Batman. It doesn't matter that it's coming out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people will get it, I guess. Yes, yes. So Warner Brothers says they're going to make multiple Batman franchises, I guess, that release, like, I don't know, at the same time. Like, there's two... Two storylines happening at the same time. Same continuities with two different Batmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, maybe three different Batmen. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Why well, stop at two? All simultaneous. Walter Hamada said, you know, our audience, we think they're smart enough to understand these are two different timelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just throw the multiverse at them, right? Yeah. And even if they're not, who cares? They're going to watch it and we'll make money. Yeah. Honestly, we're, I don't know what's going on with these Batman characters. Let's just, we're just making movies. <laughs> the fans put them together, line them up. We don't. I don't know. Um, so we know Matt Reeves, Batman starring Robert Pattinson. Yes. That's already going to happen. Raw Batmanson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Flash movie is going to come out with Batman in it. Yes. Right. 
And then apparently they want to make another separate like fra- Batman franchise or whatever with a brand new actor. You think that's how it is? I think that's what they want to do. Okay. You know, I don't think it's Ben Affleck. Do you do not think it's Michael Keaton possibly? Because he's showing up in that too. Could they yeah. do a Batman with that and pass it down to a different Batman? He's busy with Marvel. That's true. That's Sony. True. Man, you know, with all of this comic book stuff, maybe Michael Keaton is the one winning out the most. Yeah. He's already got so. his foot in one and then they're building a... <laughs> Superfilm universe. He made a movie making fun of (laughs) his career making superhero movies. And then they brought him back to do it. But Robert Pattinson Batman is already going to be like a, a, like a year two Batman, right? Yes, yeah. Let's say they bring back or they start another Batman movie line. What do you want from that Batman? Like, I, I would have to think it'd be pretty different. Okay, so I don't think we're going to go younger than that. I don't think we're going to do year zero or okay. year one. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably going to have to do someone, uh, a Batman that's kind of tired of everything. And we've kind of done, we have that with our two other Batman already. So I don't sure, know. Sure, Ben Affleck has kind of done that. Yeah. Even the Dark Knight Rises, Christian Bale was kind of like that. That's true. He yeah. was, he had like had a broken leg, right? He can yeah. barely, uh, Batman anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where we're going to go though. I think that's, we can't have like two young guys yeah. vying for the role. Is it like a battle for the cow between two different Batman? As much as I'm not a fan of it, the okay. future Batman Yes. Where Bruce Wayne is older, so he needs a younger guy to do the Batmaning. Yeah. Is an option. It's a good formula. <laughs> hey, Batman Beyond just went on HBO Max like today. Okay, so we don't need to do that. It's already on there. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> we're we're uh, getting our, our fans primed for that now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can see them doing it. Yeah. It's totally different kind of Batman. So there'd be no confusion. It's not the same. I guess it's the same character Batman, but it's not the same character under the cowl. That's true. A Terry McGinnis type. And, you know, that was put out in like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That future is today. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> we have flying cars now. It's a current time movie. Right, right. Everyone's mutating into half animal people, right? It's all, <laughs> all around. Uh, yeah. I... I, I know why they're doing it. Make money. Make money. Yeah. And when they say like I they say like the audience is intelligent enough to understand two separate timelines. But also I don't think they care if they do or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think they know people will watch it no matter what. You can't really tell who's underneath that, that cow anyways, can yeah. you? Who I, I watch it for Batman. I don't watch it for Bruce Wayne. Well, I like the mix of the two. Okay. Say, but he's a whole character, right? Okay. So he's you watch a- the Dark Knight trilogy for Christian Bale. Well, most of the time he's outside the mask, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I didn't watch it for Christian Bale. Okay. Uh, I watched it for uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> he shows up in every uh, uh, Nolan movie now. Yeah, he's mandatory. Oh, man, he shows in, up for a scene. In a scene, right. In the Tenet movie, yeah. you can barely understand him, and he's eating something, so you can definitely <laughs> even, not understand him. Even more so. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even like tell him. They just showed up where... He's like, hey, I want you in this movie. Okay, well, I'm eating lunch over here, so yeah. this is where you got to film me. <laughs> okay, Christopher, I, I'm eating right now. Snorted <laughs> <laughs> <Snort and> cream. <laughs> um, I feel like audiences are already prepped for this because Sony kind of did this with Spider-Man. Yes, that's like, true. They had like eight Spider-Man movies in 10 years, and they're all different, right? Like, It just seems like all of these studios mm-hmm. are just in a foot race to see who can get to the multiverse first right yeah Yeah. i mean you know marvel they've done that with the different timelines and everything and spider-man obviously did that but we haven't seen that in live action yet but in their timelines like it was the same actor still like 
they went back in time, but it was still Robert Pattinson was Iron Man. You're right. I'm saying like that's kind of a cheat, right? Right. <laughs> okay. We we we, we have not to see cool the, enough. Not cool enough. We have to get into a multiverse of badness. You would say. <laughs> So, do you like this idea, just having whatever, more Batman movies? Yeah. I mean, the comic book fan is definitely primed for this, right? Yeah. Right. This has been done. This has been done. Uh, seeing in live action was cool. Seeing more in live action would be better. Yeah. And I think uh, the regular fan will pick it up. They can see the style of the movies, understand these are kind of two different, uh, you know, directions, sure. yeah. two different movie styles, and it'll be easy to, to understand. I feel like Star Wars kind of does this, too. They're jumping, it's the same singular timeline, but they're jumping back and forth from present to future to middle or whatever. Right. When Force Awakens came out, right? And then uh, Rogue One came out a year after that, and people were confused. Like, I know some some of my friends who are not diehard Star Wars fans. Oh, really? Were like, wait, what is this? Why is Vader still there? And like... All this yada yada, but eventually they get it, you know. Yes. So uh, I could figure it out for myself, but every once in a while, I have to talk it through. Like, okay, this person's dead, so that means we're after this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie; I have to do that sometimes. Star Wars is definitely like uh, they don't. I don't know. Like they're the worst at it. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna start with Episode Four, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. We'll do these three movies, then we'll go back, and then we'll go skip the first three and go even further. Yes. And then we're going to sprinkle random movies in between. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they can't even think about when we get to storylines a thousand years in the future, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I do think making multiple Batman movies, no big deal. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll enjoy it. I'll watch them. Um, bring back George Clooney. George Clooney. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And well, if we're doing that, we got to bring Ar- back Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> I would like that cheesy kind of Batman. Yeah. Well, um, apparently Batman's not the only one getting more movies. Uh, on HBO Max, we already know that a bunch of their shows are going to be kind of like spinoffs from the movies. There's going to be a Gotham PD show right? based off of the Matt Reeves Batman, not the other Batman that we don't know yet. Not that one. And then there's also Suicide Squad spin-off starring John Cena Cena. as Peacemaker. Yeah. Will we ever see him? I don't know. (laughs) He's yet to be identified. But HBO Max, I feel like they're liking this formula. They're liking... Uh, all the viewers, because HBO Max viewership, I think, is going up, up a lot oh, since yeah. Wonder Woman came out. Yes. With mixed reviews for that movie, yeah. it's still raining in the subscribers. Yeah. I mean, you got to watch content and theaters aren't open, so. Yeah. Get my eyeballs. Yeah. They want to do a lot more spinoffs from DC films, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, they said DC spinoffs. So, I think they're not just saying the, the gambit of DC roster, but yeah. spinoffs from the movies, right? They're reserving high yeah. expensive production things in the movies and then uh, spinoff TV show, series and limited series on HBO Max. Yeah. I think that's a smart move. It will entice the fans to go watch the movies if they weren't interested already. Yes. And, you know, depending on how they film it, like, they already have these actors in costume. Just film a little bit more. <laughs> I don't think it's they that easy. They already have the set. Let's say two for one. We don't have to rebuild the set for the show. I'm not sure if that's how it works. <laughs> you mean there's just a guy on his iPhone walking around? Yeah. Just do, it, like, do a little bit right here. Yeah. Okay. When he says cut, you just keep acting and I'll and then we'll continue the scene for the show. Right, right. <laughs> it's all B-roll. It's a whole series on B-roll of yeah. all these movies. It's all like a mockumentary. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, another rumor was the Green Lantern show. Do you remember that? That's right. Uh, we still don't have that casted, right? No, but they said the characters were going to be 
the less popular Green Lantern characters. Okay, on this ride, not yeah. uh, not Hal Jordan, not Hal Jordan, not John Stewart. So that makes me believe that those characters are going to be in a movie because these spinoffs are supposed to be like adjacent to the movie. So okay, to me, I'm like, we can probably expect a Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Green Lantern movie. Right, right. I, I would love to see them like the current Green Lanterns. Uh, yeah, Guy Gardner, your Kyle Rayners, yeah, as the current ones, and then like John Stewart and. Uh, and Hal Jordan are up in space doing the actual dirty hard work to do or something okay, like that. Yeah. yeah. So these guys are just like the traffic cops. Yeah, the, of our Lantern. sector. Of yeah. our sector, right? <laughs> we're, we're an easy sector to deal with. Uh, are there any other movie characters that you think their world could develop a spinoff series that you'd want to see? Well, you know, we've talked about the comic book, uh, comic book actual books uh, influencing what's going to come out soon. Okay. So uh, they're setting up some uh, DC milestone comics, right? So maybe a Static Shock series could work. All right. Yeah. Right? I Wasn't could see a that. movie in talks for that? And I could they'd see a series coming after that. Yeah, I could see that, right? Mm-hmm. Where some big event caused him to get his powers and a series. I, that's how I took in the original property as a cartoon. So I could see like a sure. live action series working out well too. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is good news for fans. It's definitely good news for us, for our other show. Yeah, for our, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I hope it doesn't get oversaturated with just like yeah. constant DC shows. Like the Marvel shows uh, I'm excited for. So as long as they're like that level of quality, and which I assume they are because they're going to have like these movie actors in these shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. The thing is, are the DC movies as like comparative quality as the Marvel movies. Not so. So I'm not sure if the DC TV series are going to live up to Marvel TV series either. Uh, I'm hoping they're going to be okay and like at least something to bite onto. My initial jump here too was like do some more Batman stuff. That sells, right? So like yeah. Batman family stuff. But we already have Titans with... with uh, Which I like a lot. Grayson and... Yeah. Uh, the other Robin. So mm. maybe that'll be too confusing again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like they have a lot of characters that they could do mm-hmm. that. I, I wish almost that it didn't have to be connected to the movies. Like Really? I wish they were just shows. They don't have to be spinoffs of movies. I wish they were just shows. I wish there was a, a really cool Justice League dark show. Yeah. Yeah. With that doesn't have to be a movie first or whatever. That's true. That's true. But, you know, DC, sometimes they think with their wallets. And this makes yeah. sense financially. Uh, there was a talk about the trench from the Aquaman movie. Yeah. Maybe it could be a series. I guess. You don't like I don't, that? I, don't, I mean, I don't even know why that's going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was like a six-issue comic. That yeah. was okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, James Wan's got his vision. Maybe he can. Uh, sure. Maybe he wants to do TV. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did look cool in the Aquaman movie, but I don't see how that scene could be an entire movie or series. I don't know. I, we, there's a lot. There's a whole civilization under there. We didn't know where it was there the whole time. Uh, I guess this is like really it, the whole area is just like coated. That whole like trench coat, trench coated. What? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh, the last bit of news. Real comic book news now. Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Uh, there was like a big reveal this past week. Yeah. Uh, which he gets this all the time, but it's a surprise every time. He got a new costume. New costume, new fit, new fresh look for, mm-hmm. for, for the guy. Um, if you get a look at it online, he's got like a white armor suit mixed with blue and some highlights of orange. I. It looks like a DLC. Really? Piece of costume, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I don't... I don't it's supposed to be like more tech in it, yes. right? So that explains why he got the new costume. 
but I I haven't been caught up with a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man run right now. Yeah. So I don't know why he needs a new costume, but I, it's probably going to be for only a couple issues and he goes back. Right. We need some DLC for the next Spider-Man game, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not in love with the way the eyes are. He has pupils? <laughs> he has pupils, yeah. Like <laughs> orange pupils. It's kind of... Uh, does not that's not my spider-man <laughs> exactly yeah I, I i don't know if you can get like emotion out of it right they're just round pupils inside these like uh uh black holes i'm not i'm not feeling it it's not the shape of the actual spider-man that we usually get the emote in right he has these like it's almost like he's wearing like a helmet almost right mm-hmm. and then he has like these side almost daft punk looking things on the side of his head oh he didn't notice that I was like I, that, that's kind of cool <laughs> you like that <laughs> i don't mind that but i don't know if i like the color scheme yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't scream spider-man and uh i don't know it looks like a um, weird promotional thing like he's like for a company like mm-hmm. nike or adidas or something like that <laughs> you know when a superhero has a like a villain that is the same exact power set as the hero oh yeah you talking about what, all marvel <laughs> all marvel villains yes that's what this spider-man looks like this looks like a new spider-man villain yeah yeah honestly to be that's true it kind of looks like the uh dc recent like marvel spider-man type character sideways a okay a bit, bit more of those vibes not yeah. really uh, as heroic as a regular spider-man i do want to see like how this new costume is like used in the story mm-hmm. not just like oh he looks different but like whatever the tech or whatever he has in it so that's what i'm interested in but as far as just the looks whatever whatever I think it's more going on the, the techie side with like uh, aligning with like the Miles Morales game and he's like sure. electric stuff. Maybe he gets that in the suit, just a, a cheat to get him that. I don't know. Do you think uh, this suit gives him more powers? I think so. Okay, probably. Yeah. Why else get a new suit? Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to check it out, uh, it's going to be coming out uh, early this year. It's going to be an issue number 62 and 63, I think have variant covers cool, with cool. that costume on it. So I'll eventually get to it. Yeah. <laughs> it might be hot commodity soon. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Think so. All right. Probably not. <laughs> uh, that is it for the news. Um, if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to the reader copy podcast. We do comic book stories and news and side stories. Uh, like we said, it's going to be every Wednesday now. Plus if you subscribe, you get another show every Monday, the reader copy recap. Yeah. And when you uh, listen to the first episode or uh, if you have other ideas for shows to do, let us know on all of our social media. We can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, let us get into the comic book that you picked this week. It is called Next Wave. To be honest, I have not heard about our comic this week, Next Wave, uh, until I've been doing research for this for this episode. Um, so Next Wave is a Marvel comic, and it is a total of 12 issues. We're just going to be doing the first five for our show today. Came out in 2006, around the same time as the first Civil War. Oh, man. That was a while ago. That was a while ago. Yeah, 2006. <laughs> that um, was like in the 1800s. No, not that one. <laughs> uh, so it's called Next Wave Agents of Hate, right? And Which is weird. Weird thing to say, yes. Uh, those are our heroes. Yeah. <laughs> It's written by Warren Ellis, uh, a legend in the game, mm-hmm. right? Um, some of his notable works are Transmetropolitan, Planetary. He worked on Hellblazer. Um, the Authority is another thing. I don't know if you know that one. Uh, right. I have uh, heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our artist today is Stuart Eminen, 
uh, he worked on Ultimate X-Men, The New Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man, and Ultimate Spider-Man. So, you know, with that roster, you can kind of tell, like, Stuart Eminem is kind of um, aligns with, like, the modern age of, like, popular comics, right? You see him yeah. all over. I, I really enjoyed his artwork in A New Avengers. Mm-hmm. And when I saw his name when we started reading this book, I was like, I was a little bit surprised because it's a different style, I think, than what he drew in New Avengers. Like oh, this, really? This next wave comic book, I would akin it to like a cartoon at 4 p.m. on a weekday. Okay. <laughs> right? I don't know. I see the Stuart Eminem right there a little bit. I don't know. Like when I like the characters in Next Wave are cool looking, but also maybe like a little more cartoonish. Like if I had to lean it one way, right? It's like cartoonish, like just a little bit more. I think that definitely aligns with the character personalities yes. and like the style of the book, right? Yeah. It's kind of a ridiculous kind of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Why I was surprised that uh, I haven't heard about this book before uh-huh. is looking for the notable works for both the writer and the artist. Next Wave was on that list, like their short list of notable works. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, how have I never heard of Next Wave? And uh, it's kind of a mishmash team of characters, kind of a ridiculous team of C-list superheroes. Uh, we'll get into them a bit. But you I know, mean, it, it looks like impossible. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> very, very clean, keen eye there. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, Warren Ellis's um, initial proposal for the book was: I just want some random characters that have the code name Captain, like Captain in their code name. Oh, yeah. Do they all have that? At certain points, yes. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. All yeah. Right. That makes sense now. It, but that's just a ridiculous proposal for a book, right? <laughs> We're not getting the big guys. We're not getting Captain America. I mean, We're just, not getting Captain Marvel. It well, just goes to show you that that title Captain is like way overused. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, why not the other military ranks, right? Yeah. There's, Lieutenant. There's higher ones. <laughs> Captain's pretty low, actually. Yes. Um, so if it sounds kind of a ridiculous mishmash of characters, it kind of is. And that's why uh, you kind of enjoy it. Yeah, I think it was a, a pretty fun book to read. It's pretty fun, right? Yeah, uh, I think they're they're also just kind of having fun with it. Um, so we'll jump into the story now, into the comic. We start off with two members of our Next Wave team having a, a little coffee break outside a coffee shop. Um, our one of our characters is named Elsa Bloodstone. Mm-hmm. She can be seen in a just like an orange jumper, and like she has orange hair tied up in a ponytail. She's kind of like a I'd say like a model type, like an English model type. And her backstory is she comes from a family of monster hunters, right? Yeah, and, and she's the one that I think looks like impossible because. She has like long ponytail that it almost like shoots up. That's why I think it looks cartoony. Yes. The back like points up and then there's like really long going down. Totally. And I see the Kim Possible look there. You're you're kind of on point there. I didn't I didn't catch that until now. Uh so she, yeah, she her power set is she's uh uh almost invincible and super strong. And that comes from her uh necklace choker um that's like grants her some superpowers. Okay. And she has like a lot of guns. A lot of guns, that's right, because she's a monster hunter. And then uh, our other character here is the captain. Now we're gonna call him the captain, but uh, because he has a longer name, because yeah. they're having this little conversation about his real code name. Yeah. Uh, and it's captain, but what's after that is just 
four uh, skull crossbones yeah, like emojis. Yeah. yeah, it's censored. Yeah. Because it's like a four-letter expletive, right? Yeah. Curse word is his name. Do you know what the actual name is? They never they never uh, explain it. Okay. If it's four letters, yes. I would guess it also starts with a C. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. I was. I thought it could be F or S. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. Just you know, Captain Seaward is uh, what I'm guessing. Okay. He I, seems like a kind of an asshole. So. Oh, I see. Huh. That's kind of true. Okay. Yeah. I I thought it was F the whole time because he's kind of uh he's from Brooklyn. He's just kind of like this uh also he's a scumbag right he's a scumbag yeah. character and. Um, they just go into this little anecdote about where he got his name. And uh, this one time, Captain America beat him up because he told him his own code name. Yeah. And Captain America put a bar of soap in his mouth. Yeah. So it's definitely a bad word. Bad word, definitely. And these two are uh, just outside a coffee shop in Abscess, North Dakota. And it's this small, rinky-dink town in North Dakota, right? Mm-hmm. They are actually staking out this location. It's uh, a construction site just outside of the city. And they're thinking this is being built up by the Beyond Corporation. Beyond Corporation is like this big, evil, almost like terrorist group that is like they're using the corporation title as like a shell totally to, for their actual evil doings. A bit, a bit generic, just evil, bad company, right? Mm-hmm. They also make like meatless hamburgers. Ah, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you think that's where it came from? That's why it's so evil. So evil. Oh. <laughs> okay. They are talking through what their mission is, and there's supposedly some type of biological, some type of unusual weapon of mass destruction underneath the construction site. It's all yeah. just a front for something they're digging up underneath. Yeah. They make it look like they're building this new tower or building, but really they're excavating below to get this weapon that they believe is buried under there. Something or other. And again, we mentioned they are under this agency, right? They're agents of hate. H-A-T-E. The good guys are. The good guys. This is the next squad. Um, They are under the highest anti-terrorism effort. That's what H stands for. Hate stands for. (laughs) All right. So they're the good guys, right? (laughs) It's This whole organization is kind of a spoof of shield yeah it definitely is it totally is their uh main leader there is dirk anger director dirk anger <laughs> and he flies around on the aerial marine which is <laughs> it's just a submarine in the air yeah kind of like a helicarrier totally right <laughs> and you know how like nick fury has like an eye patch yes this guy, Anger, he doesn't have an eye pass, but he has like one of those like Vegeta eye scope things. Totally, right, right. <laughs> Just a total spoof. We see him. Um, he's like kind of a drill sergeant mode right now. Some training up some trainees on the Hate Aeromarine. And he's just being kind of a jerk. He's just a, a drill sergeant to the extreme. He He's just talking up how tough he is, right? He has these life-extending drugs that were given to him by hate. Yeah. He, uh, he says, you know, with these drugs, I can smoke 200 cigarettes a day down a bottle of whiskey. And you know what I eat for dinner? I eat, eat meat, raw meat. <laughs> and I bury what I don't eat in New Jersey. <laughs> and he says he's like, what, like 90 years old or something like that? Yeah. Because he has these drugs, whatever that uh, hate gives him to live longer. I think it's just, you know, because Nick Fury has been around forever. Yeah. It's that. He's jealous. Yeah. Uh, okay, but he's getting a a, a message in from uh, some communication. So he calls up and he activates the machine, the etherical 
loop recall televacuumator. <laughs> and it's literally like one of the old school phones. Yes. Like hooked up with a bunch of wires to it. It's uh, this gigantic phone lowering down onto his head. And I think it's kind of uh, spoofing Darth Vader in his little yeah, chamber. Yeah, little chamber. That call is coming from Monica Rambeau. That's why I want to do this book. It is featuring Monica Rambeau as the leader of Next Wave, mm-hmm. right? And she's a new character, well, a character that's appearing on the WandaVision show. Yes. Adult Monica Rambeau is appearing in the WandaVision show. Yeah. But she first appeared in the MCU as the young girl of uh, the best friend in Captain Marvel. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little bit of an uh, update or a rundown of Monica. She was past called uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, she held that title actually before Brie Larson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. So, again, she's the leader of the Next Wave squad, right? So, she's uh, making a call up on their spaceship talking to Dirk Anger. And she is calling up to say, you know what? I just learned hate is being financed by the Beyond Corporation. Yes. So this highest anti-terrorism effort is being funded by terrorists. It's kind of like in, remember the Avengers movie, Captain Marvel, Captain America Mm -hmm. finds out that S.H.I.E.L.D. is using Hydra like weapons. They did it first. Yeah. So he's just copying them. Yeah. (laughs) So Monica is just, you know, chewing out uh, Dirk Anger saying, you know, us, the next wave are breaking out of your organization. We're just going to be leading our own team and we're breaking up. We're going rogue. Right. Right. And she is on the ship. It's called the Shockwave Rider. Right. And she's there with uh, another member of Next Wave. Yes. He's driving the ship. His name is Aaron Stack, but he's actually known as Machine Man. He is like a robot dude. He's just like a robot dude. Um, but he is also an old school character. He was uh, brought up in the Marvel continuity connected from the 2001 Space Odyssey comic book back in like 69. What? Jack, Ro- Jack Kirby wrote this character up for the comic book and he broke out and he entered the Marvel continuity. Isn't that pretty cool? Was he ever uh, Captain something? You know, I don't know what his exact captain thing was, but uh, I just take my word for it. Each of these were captains. <laughs> okay. So now he just goes by Aaron Stack. Yeah, yeah. But he used to be Machine Man. Kind of ridiculous name, but you know. Okay. Well, I think he's actually a pretty cool character. He's pretty cool. He now looks like just a regular guy, except his eyes are um, like these orange, reddish lenses instead of eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back to the uh, construction site for the Beyond Corporation. They're drilling down deep into the the uh, the ground of North Dakota, and they create a gigantic crater there. And at the bottom, all we see is this fleshy green uh, material, and what shows up there is a gigantic reptilian eye at the bottom of this crater. It's huge. It like opens up and then like the whole crater is just an eyeball. Yeah. And then just eruptions uh, break out. They've awoken something. There's just green ooze flowing out of the mountain here. Um, it's like Nickelodeon type of stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. just a flood of it, like Pompeii type uh, stuff with all the construction falling down. Breaking out is... Fin Fang Foom. I was super excited to see Fin Fang Foom. Really? Do you know this character? I don't know him well. I love this character. Uh, I believe he's mainly an Iron Man villain. Really? Yeah. 
And then uh, it was totally a surprise to me that he appeared in this comic. And I feel like he is underused. I feel like he was a big Iron Man villain and then just kind of forgotten about. Really? I don't know this guy that well. Uh, he's a dragon. He's a extraterrestrial dragon? He's a giant dragon. Yeah. Yeah. But not a dragon like, you know, Game of Thrones flap their wings kind of dragon. Okay. It's almost like he's like a humanoid dragon that's giant. Yeah, because he has like humanoid hands and fingers. Yeah, and his wings are way like smaller in proportion to his body. Rinky dink. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he wakes up. Apparently he was like hidden under there and he's like destroying the city. He's just breaking out, just destroying it. It's kind of like a Godzilla mode, just breaking down everything, um, attacking the city, attacking all the people in North Dakota. And this wakes up the the next wave. They see just this wreckage going down. The, the Beyond Corporation really did this time. So Monica and uh, Machine Man are getting ready. They're uh, pulling out a, a harness, a flight harness for one of their other members. Her name is Tabitha Smith. And she is uh, originally from the X-Force team. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She's a mutant. She's a mutant, right. And her powers is like, well, like almost like just energy. It's more like explosions. Yeah. Yeah. Like her name is Boom Boom. That's one of her code names. She's got a lot. Yeah. Um, and she uses that in the past as kind of being a super thief. That's her, her backstory. Uh, she, you could think of her as kind of just like an LA blonde type character. <laughs> right. So that harness is for, uh, Tabitha cause she's kind of the only one that doesn't have flight powers. Yeah. Everyone else can kind of fly. And now they're like going down to attack and try to defend the city against Fing Fan Foom. Yes. But all of a sudden, uh, there's like this Jeep that rolls up. And there's like four robot dudes in it. Yes, these uh, android-looking dudes. They have just full red suits on, like three-piece suits. And they're just ram uh, Elsa Bloodstone right in the gut. And Elsa goes flying into a music shop. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, the captain, Yes. he's like, okay, uh, I'll take care of uh, the dragon. So he like flies up in the sky. He has like flying powers. While uh, Bloodstone is going to handle these four robots. She just grabs a random guitar that's laying around and she just wails on all of these android looking robots, tossing them, hitting them with the, the guitar. Um, she blocks like some bullet shots with her guitar too. And then this one really good shot when one of the uh, robots tries to drive away in the Jeep, she just takes the guitar and does an uppercut to the entire engine of the, the Jeep, just destroying it. This makes no sense at all, but it looks cool. It's awesome. Why would the Jeep get destroyed before the guitar is destroyed? Because it's, it's going faster. <laughs> right. But she apprehends these robots and she looks inside and the, one of the robots has like a badge. Right. And it has the Beyond Corporation logo. And it has human resources under it. Like, yes. That's the department they work for. All of these uh, androids are working as the HR department for Beyond Corporation. Yeah. So Elsa's like, okay, this means business. She uh, opens up her guitar case that she brought. And inside are two shotguns and Uzis. It's very desperado. Yeah. Once upon a time in Mexico deal. Antonio Banderas up already. Tight. Uh, so these uh, these androids, they have no idea what's going on, but Machine Man does a whole diagnostics on what's inside of them. He kind of explains what they are. Um, they have a metal exoskeleton, but inside it's biological, not human. It's more like uh, like broccoli type uh, innards. <laughs> yeah, they're like manufactured organisms, kind of. Yeah, out like 
surrounded by like robotic exoskeleton. He he notes that they are running on software. It's the Beyond Corporation Fight Persona XP trademark. <laughs> okay, so Tabitha jumps out of the shockwave rider and she goes flying with her flight harness. She uses uh, her explosive ability to uh, attack Fing Fang Foom right at the face. Uh, he, she also notes that, oh my God, the dragon is wearing underpants. <laughs> I also wanted to mention the way they like exit the ship, yeah. the shockwave rider. It's like almost like a, a floor that is like this goo. Yeah. And you just have to like fall through the goo and then come out the other end outside of the ship. I don't really get it. It's kind of like a this like pool of red goo that slows you down as you jet out of the, the ship, I think. Yeah. So it's instead of before jumping out of the ship, there's like this... I don't know, floating goo that you go through. Yeah, interesting. So while Tabitha's trying to take down Fin Fang Foom, he is just like uh, this gigantic dragon is just picking up these little humans of the city and popping them in his mouth like they're popcorn and just like crunching on them. Yeah, because apparently humans are like mostly water and like the flesh and organs is like seasoning is what they kind of say. Delicious for this uh, dragon character. So Finn, the the giant dragon, is able to grab Tabitha uh, by the hand, and he's saying, uh, I'm going to put you in my pants. <laughs> Threatening her to, to put him in her pants. And then the captain sees what's going on, flies over, and with his super strength, he just pulls at um, Finn Fang Foom's finger and just totally rips it off. Rips his finger. And this is a giant dragon, so he's like, the finger is bigger than the captain, but he like is able to just like snap it in half. Uh, that scares the dragon and he just flips his hand and the two go flying into this uh, skyscraper building uh, just kind of in the rubble and Tabitha jokes that I I probably would have been less painful just being in his pants yeah (laughs) so now Monica comes up with this plan where she'll go down and distract Fing Fang Foom yeah and while he's distracted she wants um, Aaron Stack to go inside his mouth and like attack him from the inside (laughs) right right they, they have this whole plan on top of uh, the one of the skyscrapers there. And I kind of like this little conversation they have, right? Or Because um, Monica, she was actually in the Avengers. She led the Avengers at a certain point as Captain Marvel. Yeah, and she takes no missed opportunity to remind everyone that. Every single time she led the <laughs> Avengers. Um, Elsa notes that, like, what did you learn in the Avengers? Is it just to not trust any of these uh, spooky witches that uh, is scared to be impregnated by uh, by a robot, right? <laughs> so, wink, wink, right? One division stuff there, and then Machine Man says, uh, "Hey, I can I can make you pregnant." <laughs> uh, uh, and then Elsa says, uh, "Well, not from over there, you can't." And then he's like, "Well, I have devices." <laughs> I love that sequence. Okay. Um, to get uh, Fin Fang Foom's attention, Elsa jumps up off the skyscraper and takes her shotgun and shoots him straight in the eyeballs, um, distracting him. And Machine Man flies into uh, Fin Fang Foom's throat, uh, saying, Die, fleshy one. And uh, all the other members take their chance to destroy one of the, the Jeeps flying in with uh, with androids, uh, with the HR department, you know. Um, Tabitha's uh, catchphrase is tick tick boom so she says that as as one of these jeeps explodes Uh, Monica uses her microwave storm she has like this power to use any radiation she wants Mm -hmm. any form of radiation uh, she can just pull out of her body and the captain just kicks one of these jeeps and goes flying we see now um, Aaron Stack machine man inside Fing Fang Foom 
and it's like this green like sludge that he has inside of yes. his body and he's like walking around in there and he does this like almost like a Swiss army knife opening of his body yeah where it's just like a hundred machine blades coming out of his chest Yes, like uh, weird saws and uh, well, like scissors pop out of his chest. It's very um, like much like BattleBots. BattleBots did this. Yeah, they have like 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 a like a razor cylinder uh, saws coming out of them. Okay, it's kind of like that. It's funny because they have like the little tweezers and stuff, and like yeah. literally like what a Swiss Army knife would have, just like bigger versions of it. Totally, and uh, his plan is to like rip open the uh, the, the stomach of of Fin Fang. So he's going to work in there just ripping everything up and this makes uh, the dragon woozy. He starts to think like, oh, I, I ate too many people. <laughs> uh, and he, he kind of uh, starts to like hurl a bit. He falls over and he throws up just large amounts of green sludge flooding out of him. Just throw up. He even throws up his own heart. Yeah, because Aaron has cut it out. Yeah. And then uh, this kills Fin Fang. He like drops down and then coming out of Fink Fang Foom, not like ripping out of him, but coming out of like his underwear. Yeah. His Aaron stack. And he's like covered in the, the green stuff. All right. So that was the first job done for our next wave squad. Um, it's an interesting take what Warren Ellis did here. It's like each two issues are just a small story. It's like little chunks there out of the out of the 12. Yeah. It's just like their first mission together. And like they have accomplished it, but you know, the city is kind of like all messed up and totally, you know, they'd have some work to do. Yeah. The next story we're in Sink City, Illinois, and we're following this uh, police officer who's just about to retire. It's his last week, right? This guy's name is Officer Mac Mangle, and he's just like suiting up for his last week, putting on his, his badge, you know, can't wait to, to be done with the job. Um, but he does go on his, his beat walking around the city mm-hmm. and he notices in a alleyway, there's a drug deal going on. Uh, he stops the drug deal, not because it's illegal and he's a cop, but it's because they stopped paying him his cut. Yeah. So he like beats him up and is like, just cause my last week doesn't mean you guys can stop paying me. Yeah. This, this nice officer, Mac Mangle, we thought was doing his job so well. He's a dirty cop. He's a bad cop. He's the worst they come. He has his fingers in everything. Right, totally in this uh, dirty city, right? Um, so he's <laughs> he he takes his cut there, and he goes back on his beats. And a, a, another guy runs up to him, saying he's just got mugged. He's got black eyes, right? Yeah. He's been mugged. They took his wallet, but they didn't take um, some other money he had in his pocket. Yeah. So Mangle's like, "Oh, uh, it's a good thing they didn't take your cash. Where is it?" And then he shows it, and he drags him like to the alley, and then he just walks away without the guy that got mugged. So meaning like he beat him up and took his his cash. Totally, this guy is just the dirtiest. He even passes by this um, prostitute house, um, and he goes there, um, yelling at the the bodyguard in front too, saying you know this is last week or whatever. But he still wants his cut. Uh, so that's what he's there for. He's still up for number one, some money there. Finally, he's walking down an alley and he notices like there's a stray cat behind a dumpster. And he's actually, actually trying to help the cat because he says, uh, if I can get this cat, I can sell it for money. (laughs) (laughs) And he reaches and he pulls the, the black cat out. When he gets a closer look, it's not a cat at all. No, in the face of the cat, imagine if the cat's face was just split open we saw its brains sticking out of its green brain 
are these like needles, just a bunch of needles sticking out. Yeah. And the cat's claws are like metal claws, like super sharp razors. Yes. And the the cat shoots its face into Officer Mac Mangle's chest and it kind of, it's kind of like burrowing in there into Mac. Yeah. It almost looks like a demigorgon. Yeah. Pretty close. Like kind of small version of that. Now we're following one of our characters, Tabitha Smith. She's walking across Sink City. We're in Illinois, remember? And she's just on the phone call. Just actually, she's uh, she's in her job right now, but she's uh, uh, on a phone call, just chit chatting with a with a with a mean girlfriend, you know. <laughs> um, when she peers into the alleyway, she sees Officer Mac Mangle. He looks just deranged. He's got tattered clothes. Um, he's got like this, like death in his eyes. He's but what's happening too is he's eating a car. He's eating a piece of like the bumper of a car. And uh, when he sees her, he like th- launches the car at her, like like it's nothing. Like he gr- picks it up and just throws it at her. So she does her like tick tick boom to blow up the car, and it explodes. And she is just like wondering, like what the hell's going on? That gets the attention of some Beyond Corporation HR androids, and they come wheeling in into a car, um, trying to get at Tabitha. Tabitha, she uses her, her boom powers again to explode that car and make a easy work of them. When she looks back at Mangle, he's gone. Like, the alley is empty. Totally. And um, repelling from the sides of the alleyway are just dozens of more of these droid androids coming in in the red suits. Uh, and they have, he's got, like, little Uzis that they're going <laughs> to attack with. I mean, it looks like Matrix agents, but they're, like... Red suits and androids. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just like a bunch of them. So the rest of the next wave come uh, careening in out from out of the shockwave rider. Um, Monica, she uses her uh, radiation powers to make the shockwave and um, kind of split into a-, a lot of these androids repelling down from the sides of the building. Uh, Machine Man, Aaron, he uses his elongated arms to pull just pull off the heads of some of these androids. And, uh, you know, the captain with his strong power set, he just punches one straight in the cut. <laughs> and then, uh, what's her name? Bloodstone? Yeah. Instead of, like, flying down or repelling down, she exits the spacecraft, like, in a jeep, like, riding the jeep, then off of the ship. Yeah, it's more like a, a buggy. Yeah, it's straight up like uh, Fast and Furious 6, where they sure. ride a car off of a plane in the air, and she, like, lands and bounces. And, like, she is after Mango. Like, she's trying to find him. Yes. She is just zipping through all the traffic of the city, um, trying to find where Mac Mangle is. And we know that he's kind of a crazed monster right now. He'll eat anything. And it looks like what he wants to eat are small children. Yes. He goes oh to, uh, like, this little school around the corner. And he's, like, almost like a zombie, like, crawling over there, right? Yeah. And... um Bloodstone is almost there. She's chasing him. But along behind her are more HR department, uh, Beyond Corp. Yeah. Androids uh, on like Kawasaki motorcycles. <laughs> we get a good look of Mac Mangle. He's like 12 feet tall. He's growing for some reason. He's just growing uh, unrealistically, like unnaturally. So Bloodstone, she takes her buggy. She ditches it and just lets it ram into uh, the officer. And that's got to take him out, right? There's a big explosion, a big crash. Crash. He gets smushed between a fence and the buggy. She even knows like to shoot the gas tank and it makes yeah. like, this huge explosion. But when the fire kind of like goes away, we see Officer Mangle still there, but it's almost like like 
Terminator meets Transformers. Like, yeah, parts of his flesh are gone, and under that is like metal robot. Totally, uh, we could see like some of that is uh, one of his eyes, the flesh is falling off. One of his legs, his arms are just robotic. Right, he looks like part uh, Transformer Bumblebee. I think that's why he was eating that car earlier. Yeah, because he was using like that metal to build like this interior metal skeleton thing. Interesting. Uh, that big wreckage should have took him out, but he just comes walking out of all the fire. He's now like 20 feet tall. Yeah. He, I think he ate that buggy too. So he's just growing and growing. Uh, the captain comes flying in and does like a double fist punch into the, the officer's gut. Yeah. And then like does like, you know, like the flip to toss him away hella far. Uh, but he lands in like the worst place for them. He lands in like a automobile junkyard, like full of metal. Yeah. Uh, Elsa's like, why'd you do that? It's the dumbest thing to do. <laughs> you idiot. And the captain, he's kind of a, a dunce. We we learn more and more. We get a, a flashback of how he got his powers, right? His origin. Um, it was actually from these two uh, high-tech genius uh, tiny green aliens. Yeah, this is a weird like one-page origin panel. Yeah. Where we see the captain, before he got his powers, he was just a sloppy drunk. Totally. And these aliens uh, find him and they're like, we're going to give you uh, these like unbelievable powers, right? Right. You, you, great one, will save this wretched earth. (laughs) Yeah. You will take the messianic Siddha complex, this great power. And they shine like this. It's like this black star symbol. Yeah. That like fuses into him. This is why he has like a black star on his shirt. And after he gets it, he's like, well, like, this is it, and he feels, like, gypped, and he, like, starts punching the aliens. <laughs> he calls them uh, dumb leprechauns. Yeah. So that's the kind of hero we're dealing with here. And, like, after he knocked out those two aliens, he just threw up on them because he's such a drunk. <laughs> yeah, like, they literally gave him unbelievable powers, and what he does is, like, knock them out. He's kind of a, he's kind of an idiot. Uh, jumping back to the, the main timeline, um, so it looks like Officer McMangle was chowing down on some cars in that junkyard, and we see a good look at him. He's now turned into a full-blown Gundam. Yeah, he is big, huge. Like, this is Pacific Rim. <laughs> Megazord. Yeah. And he's now destroying this small town. He's just, he's like a, a robot just yelling out, you are under arrest. Yeah, it's funny because, like, he even has, like, a, a metal mustache because yeah. <laughs> Officer Mangle has a mustache. Uh, he is still a police officer because as a giant robot, he has a gigantic gun. Yeah, like this little handgun. And he points it at um, the captain. And it's funny because like he presses the gun in between the captain and like the ground, like he's pinned on the ground. And then he fires it, which is just like shoots the captain down into the sewer. And he's like being buried by this giant bullet. Yeah. And the captain's like, I'm just going to stay here and pretend like I couldn't get out yeah. so I don't have to help and do any more work. Uh, he's going to let the the girls handle it, right? Yeah. And he's like, who said I was stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, uh, I swear this gigantic bullet is ticking. And then it explodes. Yeah. So Tabitha and Aaron are trying to get a good look at this gigantic robot, right? Um, this Gundam type gigantic robot is just terrorizing the city just breaking all the cars, shooting his gigantic gun at people. Uh, and then uh, Machine Man, what he does is with his eyes, it kind of extends out like a telescope. Yeah. And he, you just see like it's just extending out of his face. And Tabitha's like, oh, does that excite all the robot girls out there? 
<laughs> what he's doing is he's doing like a thermal reading. Yeah. And he sees through the giant mech robot that Officer Mac Mangle's body is still like kind of like in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And he's like floating in there. And it's like, okay, if we can get him out of there, then it'll stop this giant robot. Right. The whole robot was grown around him. The, and that robot is still just like, I am the law. Give me your wallets. Just stomping through the city. <laughs> yeah. So Tabitha just gets into position and she uh, says her, you know, catchphrase, tick, 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 boom. And a gigantic explosion erupts out of her fist. And it kind of breaks apart all of the like machinery around the human of Sir McMangle inside of the robot. And he just kind of just falls out of the robot, just plops onto the ground. <laughs> and then inside of him is almost like a capsule that has that weird alien cat thing that he tried to capture. Yeah. Tabitha's like, oh, cute, cute <laughs> cat. And then she just like kills it with a big explosion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the officer says, uh, I'm, I'm police. He's he's uh, beat up and everything, right? Um, and then Tabitha, what she does is she just like kicks him in the gut saying, oh, I hate the cops. Yeah, there's this whole scene where like they're all just kicking the cop down. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. But Monica runs in and is like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're beating up cops. <laughs> Monica, you know, she is a, a veteran. She she respects the, the uniform. Yeah. She says, uh, what are you doing? He's a police officer. What are you doing? Uh, you can't be doing this. She just orders the next squad back into the the shockwave rider. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's she's trying to help up the officer. Uh, but what did you know? Just walking by right there um, are the prostitutes and the drug dealers that, that Mac Mangle beat up earlier. Yep. So uh, they're like, oh, you know, we'll take care of him. We'll look after him. And Monica says, oh, what a nice community this is. Yeah, and she, like, leaves the officer, like, you'll be fine. These people will take care of you, right? Yeah, totally. But really, they're there to, like, beat him up even more. Yeah. So that was our next story, and we'll jump into uh, the third one for today. We're up on the Aereo Marine, and we're following Dirk Anger. And our first look at him is he's in the bathroom throwing up. <laughs> he says that he's purging, right? He's, he's Yeah. Every time we get a, a glimpse of Dirk Anger, we try to make him look ridiculous because he's kind of a dumb character, right? Um, one of the, the trainees there is like, uh, oh, oh, okay, uh, I'm trying to give you a memo here. Uh, apparently, the next wave have found one of our war gardens. Yes. So a war garden is where they do the weapons testing, right? So we see the, the shockwave rider with the next wave, and they're flying over... It looks like like acres and acres of like farmland. Totally. Um, when we get a closer look at the vegetation, it is where they are growing the broccoli type vegetation inside of the androids. <laughs> yeah. They look like half, like the torso top half of uh, these robot HR department people, right? Yes. But they're like almost like they have the clumps of broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- they, they're kind of like, oh, this is kind of sad. This is kind of sad that this is how they're grown. Yeah. Um, so they just decide to just like uh, raise, just like burn up all of the, the broccoli because there's such a, a trouble in the past. And when they even like try to like break one of them in half, yeah, it's almost like motor oil is coming out of them, not like, you know, water or anything. Yeah. They, they all say this is horrible and disgusting, hoarded. So again, Dirk Anger knows this is going on. He comes flying in on his aerial marine. Um, he turns off the invisibility cloud that was hiding him this whole time to uh, surprise uh, the next wave. 
and he calls upon their uh, Armageddon horn. And this is big cannon that kind of looks like a kaleidoscope. It just yeah. shoots out of the Aeromarine. And that shoots down the shockwave rider, comes crashing down into the war garden. And what they're doing now is they're testing out their equipment, right? Yeah. So they have a bunch of like experimental weapons. Yeah. And they're like, okay, dump it on to the next wave so they'll stop destroying our crops, right? Meaning totally. they're robots. Yeah. So one of the weirdest things that they do is they drop uh, like loads and loads of koala bears down onto the uh, onto the farmland. These are killer koala bears because they'll just like bite your head off. They have these gigantic sharp teeth. Uh, they look cuddly and nice, but they each try to chomp down on each of the next wave. Yeah, like they, from far away, they look like koala bears. When you get closer, they have like super sharp teeth. They almost look like a uh, Stitch. Yeah. From Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Pretty close to that. Yeah. So they're there to really, like, they, when they land, they're like mouth first biting into all of the next wave. <laughs> and they're like, what do we do? They're so cute and cuddly. I don't know if we should kill them or not. <laughs> and the, the next wave of weapons testing is they shoot out some of their soldiers and they come flying in on some combat pterodactyl suits and they they're in these yellow jumpsuits that have pterodactyl wings and pterodactyl masks and it's just kind of a a weird look it's kind of cool though because they can fly and they have like these laser guns that they shoot out and the laser guns are almost like tentacles like they're almost like whips or something that come out of these guns yeah they're quantum tunnel drill bits so they will hurt uh monica even with her special powers so they're dealing with all these koalas all these uh, flying pterodactyl people they don't know how to take them down and then uh they shoot out another weapons testing material shooting down is this gigantic like canister like a missile just lands right in front of it does not explode but it shoots out a lot of knives and the canister opens up and it is like these robot samurai warriors inside there yeah that are made out of those knives there's just like a bunch like these robotic uh samurais uh actually uh anger calls them samuroids yeah (laughs) okay another weird batch of things to fight so they're each trying to use all of their powers. Um, Tabitha's not using her guns because I don't know if that's going to damage the samurai. She's using just a shovel to fight them off. Um, so they're fighting them out. Monica's using her, her gamma radiation. Um, but she got her first hit from the uh, pterodactyl, pterodactyl uh, jumpsuit guys. Yeah. Uh, so that was the first blood there. And Dirk Anger's just feeling himself. He's got the upper hand here. We're going to leave it on that, on a cliffhanger. How the <laughs> heck are they going to get out of this uh, war garden? How are they fighting... Killer koalas, uh, samuroids, and pterodactyl soldiers. Totally. So if you can imagine, this book is just a mishmash of ridiculous ideas. I thought it was kind of fun. I really liked the uh, the times they would uh, kind of dig at each other because that's the funniest part. You know, Monica, she's always talking about being an Avenger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely like these random characters put together to fight silly enemies. Totally. Like they fight a giant dragon at first and then they fight a regular cop guy that turns into a, a Gundam yeah. soldier. So it's like, what a ridiculous stakes can we put these kind of like non-likable heroes into? Kind of, yeah. A lot of them are kind of unlikable in the best way. Yeah. I'd, I'd say Monica Rambo is the most uh, marketable character. It's weird because like, yeah, she is, she used to be an Avenger. 
she's a, a real superhero compared to these other guys. Totally. But she also just like, she feels like she's better than them. It's like, I used to be an Avenger. Why am I with you guys? Yeah, yeah. That comes up a lot of the time. And just kind of, uh, there's just like sexual innuendos. There were jokes here yeah, and there yeah. that I think are pretty funny. Yeah. So definitely a, a fun comic book to read. Yeah, pick up on that. We didn't finish this third story. So, you know, see what's next for Next Wave. Next Wave, Agents of Hate. Yeah. <laughs> that was our book for the week. Um, Want to get two side stories? Yeah, let's do it. You know, 2020 sucked, but my main struggle was finding really good comics, brand new comics to read uh, on my own time, right? Okay. You know, like some comics that are not in connected to other universes, but more um, just brand new, their own take comics. Okay. You want something new. Yeah, exactly. I found that just recently. So I found some two new good ones out of Image Comics. The first one is called Crossover. It's written by Donny Cates. So okay. he's like the he's like the hotness right now. Everyone loves his comics. Is it in space? It's not, no. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually a um a comic that just says like, what if we took all of our superheroes and we did a crossover, not just image, not just DC, not just Marvel, all of them, everything, and just did a crossover where they all just meld together. Okay. Wait, so, okay. And it's, it's he cheats it in a way where you okay, don't, you don't so see... It's not really... You don't get the actual crossover. Yeah, there are name, they're name drops and maybe the, the... Well, there's actual name drops. Some of them, not everything, right? Okay. Uh, and then the characters are drawn from far away or you'll just see a piece of their outfit. You can tell who it is. Okay. He cheats it in that way, right? All right. Um, but it's actually more like its own story where like uh, this crossover event, that's what they call it, an event, is actually like a cataclysmic event for the regular world where all these crossover superheroes, they mash together and it kind of just sucks for the rest of the world. Like it, it ruined this small Colorado town, right? And then... Uh, it's so awful. They had to like bubble them, like put them in a dome. All these like superhero characters, oh, okay, okay, in a small bubble. You love these bubble episodes. What are you talking about? It's not my thing. <laughs> oh my god. It's, okay, continue. It's kind of like the dome, like that Stephen King thing. Yeah, sure. Basically, uh-huh. um, are they on a farm that they can't leave? Well, uh, <laughs> you know, it is Colorado. Uh, so yeah, so the regular world, the regular people kind of hate superheroes now, like okay. like all of like the religious folk hate them because they're just like, this is some awful event to them. But um, there's like, you know, the superhero fans, those are the people we're following. There's one character, I think, named Ellie, and she works at a comic book shop. So she's the main character we're following, and she kind of has to like deal with uh, everyone hating her too because she's a comic book fan. It's like this weird like... Uh, okay, so there's superheroes stuff. in this world and there's comic books. Yeah, there are comic books where you can read About them. these characters. Yeah, but just what happened was okay. they just automatically became real at some weird event in some rinky-dink town. All right, All right. Yeah, and they're, they're inside this little bubble and um, we're following her and she has to just kind of like deal with this stuff and uh, um, see. So it, it's like these people kind of hate the superhero hero people, right? But they're trying to... This is kind of weird, different cultures clashing here. Okay. It's interesting. It's interesting to read. Uh, you know, it's fun to shout out uh, here and there about about uh, 
different characters in that. So is the book about people, regular people living in a world with superheroes or is it about superheroes doing superhero stuff? It's uh, barely about the superheroes. It's okay, a regular right. world and then the superheroes are what cause this uh, big event okay. and it kind of ruins it for everybody. All right. What else are you reading? Okay. <laughs> well, the next book I'm reading is written by Rick Remender. Cool. Okay. It's called Scumbag. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's about this guy that's just an ultra scumbag, like a junkie, like a drunk, and he he thinks the world loves him, but actually everyone in the world hates him. He's kind of just the worst person in the world. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like the, the captain character we have in our main story today. Yeah. Kind of like that character, right? But to the nth degree. Okay. <laughs> and he, um, by happenstance, he gains superpowers. And he's like the last hope for the world. This worst person in the world is the last hope for the world of saving it with some, some big event, right? It's kind of okay. some stuff in the last book, sure. but he's got to he's got to save the world, and uh, he also aligns with the spy organization um, in the world, and he has to click. Ah, I have to do this stuff. I just want to take drugs and party all the time and he's just like a sleaze bag, right? It's like right. it's a pretty funny book. Have you seen the movie Hitchcock? Yeah, it's not Is it like that? It's more well, it's kind of like sad. This is kind of funny. This is hilarious. Yeah. Um and uh so he's like aligning with the spy organization um, but they're combating something like a fine, like a first order from Star Wars type of deal, where they're like kind of like troops what? marching to the city. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the that's the book. But it's a fun read. It's hilarious. It's it's just like a sleaze bag, a scumbag that we have to have to deal with. And he's the he's the uh, savior of the world, though. He's have you seen the be. movie Hitch? What that has nothing to do with this? Yeah, no, I'm just saying it's a good movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> All right, so what was the first one called? Crossover? Crossover, yeah. And Crossover scumbag. event, yeah. yeah. And the scumbag. All right, so they seem very different, even though they may have the same yeah. starting point. What what is uh, What do you enjoy more? Um, honestly, I think I like the premise of Crossover, right? It's really big. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like a lot of Donny Cates does that a lot, these weird big premises that uh, really pull you in, but I'm not sure if it's going to have the longevity. I think Scumbag is going to keep me laughing each week. So okay. I think uh, uh, my vote is for Scumbag for now because I think Remender is pretty funny too. Uh, okay. I, I will say it's hard for me to laugh at a comic book. I was laughing out loud it's, at this okay. one. Okay. I'll check it out then. Yeah, yeah. And you love Remender. I love Remender, but I love his like weird sci-fi stuff. I don't think he's particularly funny. Yeah? Okay. But I'll okay. check it out. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, how many issues in are, are each one? So they're not, they're brand new. That's what I was looking for, right? So yeah. Scumbag is just three issues in and uh, Crossover is just two issues in. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's enough for me to get a taste. Then. Exactly. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. So what do you got for uh, side stories this week? The thing I've been watching has been out for a while already. Okay. Uh, we're talking a lot about HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I think, came out when HBO Max first got released it is the Ridley Scott show Raised by Wolves yeah I think it's already done I think the first season's already done but I've only seen like two episodes and the first episode I believe was like an extended longer episode and it is weird yeah no doubt I feel like it's a throwback to the older 60s 70s sci-fi style of of science fiction where it's very like science religion kind of thing Right, like, uh, like what, like a Westworld, like, like, a, a, like a Omega Man, yeah, something like that. Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green, yeah, and it has androids in it. They have to raise humans. The whole idea is raised by wolves, is because 
the, there's these children that are raised from birth by androids. Okay. And there's these other set of humans that are like, androids should not be raising chil- humans, ch- children, right? Okay. So it's weird. It's like they're trying to save these kids in their mind. The androids are like, no, like we're... Were androids made by people to raise these children. Okay. Yeah. So, and then it gets a little more weirder. One android is maybe not a, what you kind of think of. Some type of hidden she agenda. She may have uh, other uh, interests. She may be more powerful than you think. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. And um, so, like I said, it's kind of like science versus religion. The androids are atheists. They're made by atheists. They're beliefs are all science and, and that's what they're trying to teach these children that they're raising and the other group is like the believers and they have this whole weird prophecy that they believe like s- someone will save them all or whatever so it's like the whole world now is just these two warring factions right it's like just these yeah. it's just you're here or there yeah and the planet that they land on because the, the beginning of the movies they or show they land on a isolated planet to start a civiliz- civilization there right and it's like a desert planet. Every planet in space is a desert planet. But there was life there before because there's like skeletons and stuff. Huh. But Human skeletons? No. It's like these weird dragon looking skeletons. Oh. So it's not Earth technically, I guess. All right. But now there are two groups are fighting over these children. I don't want to ruin much more, but like the humans that are fighting, we get to learn more about them and maybe they're not as great of a people as you think okay, right all right so it's definitely like both sides are bad but which one is more bad which one's more bad who yeah. are you rooting for yeah i don't i'm not rooting for anything i don't know if i'm gonna finish the show is it a good show <laughs> it's sometimes it drags sometimes it's like wow that's a lot of action sometimes it's like they did something i don't expect them to do that'll change the course of the show moving forward where you kind of expect a show to like a problem of a show to be like, oh, this is probably the problem of the whole series mm. for the first season or whatever. Okay. Right. And they're like, oh no, they fixed that problem in the first episode and caused a whole different problem. All right. So who who was the uh, the lead guy, the creator? Uh, I believe it's by Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of just feel like maybe him in a play box doing his own for story. Sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It's like, uh, I want to make a sci-fi show that uh, it gets. I want to really push the envelope of how stupid weird it can get. Oh, stupid weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe it's like selling it with his name, right? And this is. Oh, absolutely! It is. The production value in it is both. I feel like both high and low. Uh, it's yeah. high because like there's definitely really good CG and special effects, and there's scenes where they go into space and all this stuff. But then the day-to-day stuff is like they're in like this desert valley the whole time. Right. It looks like a Star Trek episode, like yeah. an old one. Yeah. So it's like that regular stuff. They live in like caves. It's like, what they? I don't know. They use all their money in like these special effects that look great. Right. So uh, if you like that really kind of like heady sci-fi stuff. It's like old school uh, sci-fi books, like novels, right? Yeah. And like pocket, like paper book novels. Right. And I want to say like it's akin to like Dune, but I know Dune is way more grand and epic, where this is very small groups of people. Hmm. So, I mean, if you like that kind of stuff, give it a shot. I'm still going to try to watch it. I haven't given up on it, but like it gets weird. Yeah, I just watched it while you were watching it uh, a little bit. I don't think it's for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if it's for me either, but I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> give it a try. Okay. You think there's a, a crumb there? That you can... I feel like I should like this. 
or I like the thread, but the more I pull of it, it's like, no, this is a waste of time. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> the like the first episode, is it for sure the best? Well, I've only seen two. Oh, okay. And each episode, the first episode is like, oh, here's the story. The main story that we're going to follow is the androids. They land on this planet and raise these children. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then these people show up. And the second episode is like backtracking a little bit. Hey, where did these people come from? And let's learn about them. So I've learned about both sides. I've learned that these people, some of them might not be who they say they are. Um, I've learned that there's maybe some connections with other people that not everyone knows. All right. And then and then now they're facing off. And it's like, man, they're fighting over these children. Some of these kids are super annoying, too. It's like, <laughs> let them have them. It's like, okay, I'm up to date. Well, do I want to stay here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I feel like I learned enough to know what I enjoy about it, and maybe there's not much more after that. Okay, okay. But, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. I don't want to give up on it yet. It could turn out to be great. It could turn out to be something I hate. <laughs> Uh, but well, I'll keep you updated. I'll I'll just let you know next week. It won't be my side story. I'll just let you know if I kept watching. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll be busy watching Peacock now because I had to subscribe to that because Netflix no longer has The Office. Thanks, 2020. <laughs> Taking everything from me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for side story this week. Um, Raised by Wolves. If you've seen it, let me know if it's worth watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you haven't already... Subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast or on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, and then leave us a review if you can. That'll be super helpful, especially for our new show coming on Monday. Right, right. And uh, tell us if you have any you know, comics you think I missed, I should be putting my eyes on. Uh, on all our social media at the Reader Copy Podcast is where you can find us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right. We'll be back next week with two brand new shows. That's right. Till then, Daniel, can you please hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Bye. Later, guys.